Here we go once again. We're going historical speaking, guys. It's back to Kentucky history for rumors and confabulation. Once again, it is Isaac speaking. And next to me on my right, I've got Dalton. Hello. And on my left, John. Hello. If you hadn't stuck your arm out when you said right, I probably would have accidentally said something because I wasn't like, paying attention that well. <laughs> that been- That's a great way to start, John. Keep that energy. So, um, What we are going to talk about today, it's not paranormal. It's not uh, cryptids. It's not anything like that. We are going full like with the history, but with one of the strangest stories I've heard in American history, period, much less Kentucky history. And we are talking Richard Mentor Johnson. <laughs> Mentor. I guess we'll learn why the nickname. No, that is his middle name. What the? Richard, Richard Mentor Johnson. Mentor Johnson. <laughs> Richard Mentor Johnson was an American politician who served in the United States House of Representatives, Senate, and even served as our country's ninth vice president. Oh. Under, under Martin Van Buren. MVB, the notorious. Wait. <laughs> oh, the guy the guy that sent the expedition down for the Hollow Earth thing. Yeah. So when you look up Martin Van Buren VP, does it say Richard Mentor or does it say Richard Johnson? It says Richard M. Johnson. Okay. Yeah, you'll see uh, Richard M. Johnson. See, yeah, because I think I want to remember. The Mentor? Yeah. Well, Johnson is still a little-known figure, even for a lot of vice presidents. Probably because he was one of the worst vice presidents. Although I don't yeah. know why this doesn't give him more notoriety. Because I mean, I he's I've heard the name he, before because of that. But I don't you're confusing him with Richard Protege, John. <laughs> <laughs> he is widely regarded by historians as the country's worst vice president we've wow. ever had. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. Well. God, imagine the sad fucking right. historian that's like, I will rank the nation's VP. Oh, there's a like, lot of guys like this. God. I came upon 27. one. I came upon one uh, website that was like, for all those vice president memorabilia collectors, merchandise on Richard Mentor Johnson is difficult to find. Ready yourselves. This one's not for kids. So, whoa! It's a lot of dead babies. She was shocked and dismayed. I was very dismayed um, when someone tried to shoot me. What? <laughs> it's not a saloon! What the fuck did we just do? <laughs> this is Rumors and Confabulation. So, a career that began with Johnson being seen as a hero eventually became one filled with scandal, vice, and ridicule. Vice, President. So, I want to get started with the life story, the full life story of Dick Johnson. we got to call this episode Vice City. Dick Mentor Johnson. That makes it even better. Yeah, Dick Mentor Johnson. But hey, just baby, Dick Mentor. Be your Dick Mentor. His name is just two euphemisms for a penis. Oh, and it is Johnson. Dick Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when an older guy gets up, gets together with like a young twink. Dick, the Dick Mentor Johnson. <laughs> I want to call. I like to call him the original Tricky Dick. But uh, before we get going on Dick, or I want to acknowledge. Our main sources, I've got um, a book called The Days of Heroes Are Over by Dr. David Petrio. A little dramatic. Oh, yeah, a little bit. And Offbeat Kentuckians by Kevin McQueen. Once again, pulling from Mr. McQueen because uh, I like him a lot. And, of course, thank you to our sponsor, CouponBug.com. <laughs> I don't even know what that one is. I don't think it's a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. Is it like a honey competitor? No, no, no. It's a coupon website, and if you enter uh, uh, CONFAB, you get 10% off uh, coupon. No, if you enter RNC. Yeah, I was going to say the exact <laughs> RNC. Yeah. Uh, so bef- then your 10% off coupon gets another 10% because of the RNC. Coupon. Oh, okay. Yeah, nice. We got a good deal going. <laughs> and the coupon is for what? 
I don't know. Arby's French dip sandwich. <laughs> Thank the, you. The, the, the Pinzol sponsorship a couple episodes ago worked out so well. So, <laughs> you your uh, oh. so this is going to be a two-part <laughs> series on Richard Johnson, uh, the famed or infamous yeah. Kentucky figure that is Richard Johnson. Uh, we'll follow his early life and his rise in the first part, and then we'll see his eventual climax and fall in the second part. Oh, shit. Yeah, we'll, we'll see his climax. Oh, there's a lot of climax with Dick Johnson. So, before we really get into the meat of this, I wanted to start everything with a quote that I found. And I'm just going to read the quote here. It's not really about just Dick Johnson, but it's... There was then in Kentucky, and would continue to be, a class of men whose fetish was bravado. Okay. It just sounds like America now. Yeah. Everybody's over masculine. It's transferred, not just, it's Black past Kentucky. <laughs> I know that fetish is like not inherently a sexual word, but yeah. I can't believe that. My mind can't accept Well, honestly, they may have meant it kind of sexually in a way. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Like. Yeah. So Richard Mentor Johnson was born in a settlement near present day Louisville. Oh. Uh, it was called Beargrass. I'm familiar with it. <laughs> Are you? It was what was then called the Kentucky Frontier on October 17th, 1780. So we're going way back in our country's history. Dick was the fifth of 11 children that Robert and Jemima Johnson had. Not touching that one. (laughs) (laughs) They had eight sons, three daughters. So he was born in Louisville. Yeah, basically. His first words were Big Bat. He was pointing at Big Bat. He was pointing at the slugger. <laughs> the Louisville slugger. For those that haven't been to Louisville, there's a giant baseball bat. It's like a major monument for some reason. It, yeah. Or he I can, mean, it is interesting looking. Yeah, I mean, they, 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 fucking baseball they put up ob- obelisks elsewhere. This is just a branded yeah. obelisk, basically. So. Yeah. I, I would guess. much rather have an obelisk than a big old bat. Oh, totally. But still. <laughs> So, Robert Johnson, Richard's father, was a surveyor, and liking the look of this part of the country, you know, what was becoming the country, of what was then Virginia, because, yeah, I'm not going to get too much into all that history. Robert decided to purchase a plot from Patrick Henry and James Madison. Oh. Yeah. All right. Don't, I, again, not going to get into all that, because that sounds like a big, juicy story in of itself. So Jemima, her maiden name is Sugget. Jemima Sugget. Fortunate name. <laughs> reportedly. <laughs> I didn't name your kid Dick Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. So Jemima Sugget reportedly came from a wealthy and politically uh, connected family. The Suggets. Yeah. Very soon after Richard's birth, the Johnsons moved to a fortified outpost near Lexington, which um, anybody from the Lexington region might know as Bryan Station. Bryan Station, baby. Or Bryant. Bryant's Station. Um, Yeah, as it were. Don't know why. Shortened over time. Lovely area. (laughs) I mean, some parts. It's very pretty. Uh, once you get out of Lexington. So, Robert soon yeah. took to politics and served in the state legislature in, uh, where he actually had to travel to Richmond, Virginia, because it was Kentucky still part of Virginia mm-hmm. at the time. God. And oh, he represented, yeah, he represented Fayette County, Kentucky, the area of <laughs> the, you know, and had to part travel. of That's Kentucky. That's like a 16-hour drive now. Yeah. To anybody who's listening that isn't from Kentucky... That is a long just yeah. drive, much less on a horse and buggy through the Appalachian Mountains, going yeah. to the Cumberland Gap. Because the Cumberland Gap is still the only way to go, right? They yeah. hadn't come up yet. Fuck, yeah. dude. Robert was a fighter, as oh, yeah. many on the frontier were, and even had uh, Richard's sickly brother, name of James, carried on a litter when he was a child straight into a skirmish with some Shawnee so he could, quote-unquote, earn his spurs in combat with a native. Wait, he carried his brother into battle? So his no, he carried his have... son. Or his son. Yeah, because and... Richard, it's older brother of Richard's. Oh, okay. Richard's sickly brother. Oh, yes. Robert carried yes. James. Yes. Got it, okay. 
this is just kind of some weird little story that I'll just kind of run through because it's just very odd. Jemima was actually heralded as being a bit of a hero at Bryan Station because while her husband was in uh, was in Richmond, Virginia, she played a role in a raid that was done by a nearby Shawnee and a guy by the name of Simon Gertie. Which I don't know if you guys know, have heard that name at all, Mm-mm. but that would actually be a good uh, future topic for us, Simon Gertie, because he is a American who was basically raised by like Native Americans, and then he fought against Americans throughout, just like with basically alongside British and with Native Americans, kind of worked it as an in between. Yeah. Anyways, good Kevin Costner movie too. <laughs> so. They enacted this raid on Bryan Station in August 1782. So, uh, Dick was only, what, two years old? Yeah. So, Gertie, actually, after this raid, would go on to ambush Daniel Boone at what would be called the Battle of the Blue Licks uh, three days later. But during the raid, Jemima led a group of women and children just straight out of the fort because they were using flaming arrows on the fort. And they decided the best tactic was to send the women and children out to go get water and to just do it as brazenly as they could because they thought that they wouldn't hurt the women and children, even though they were trying to burn the entire fort down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the tactic actually worked. The women and children just walked out there just laughing, just carrying on, and the Shawnee were so confused that they just stood there like kind of dumbfounded, just like, what are they doing? Oh, yeah, I mean, battle aside, it's just you're just sitting there shooting shit, and you're just like, they all come out like, hey, and you're just like, hey, yeah, hey, people are dying. Hey, we're, hey, we're shooting shit. <laughs> Down was, on the range. That was the first time they'd ever seen a Karen cut before. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> My manager, what does that mean? Well, that's uh, about all that Jemima I found about her, but also in 1782, the Johnsons would, after this raid and everything, um, they would settle at a place called Great Crossings in Scott County, which is a uh, current-day Georgetown, just north of Lexington. According to reports during this time, uh, Richard had developed a cheery disposition and seems to have been a generally happy and content child. <laughs> Richard did not have a very eventful childhood. Um, in a positive way. So, yeah. as opposed to the last, like, <laughs> deep probe into an uh, individual's life with Edgar Casey, who I mean, had we the did weirdest an childhood. fucking episode on his childhood. So. Yeah, we can't do that with Richard. Good. And um, Richard lived on his parents' plantation. So, no, that no. comes with all the Stop negative comments. the Jemima and the plantation. And the- Stop it! So, he lived on the plantation until the age of 16, which would be 1796, when he attended a local grammar school. Mm-hmm. First time he attended school. But then he enrolled at Transylvania University oh my God. in Lexington. Is one- Transylvania older than UK? Yes. Yes. Is one That's of the what oldest, I thought. It's okay. the oldest in um, Kentucky. Yeah, west of the Appalachian. Oh, okay. Mountains, yeah. And that's no connection to the vampire people outside of Kentucky. Right. So all of you people. Well, weren't they going to name trans- us transy before they named us Kentucky? Right. There was a lot of debate on uh, the name of Kentucky and just what was going to be done really with Kentucky. I know. I'm just confessing. They like, do, though. If you, you go to the mean? Transylvania campus store, they have t-shirts that are like, we're vampire. <laughs> like, they're... They do? Yes. Uh, they lean into the vampire. They need to lean into Dick Johnson. They need to lean... Hey, they got yeah. um, the thing from our first episode on display. At yeah, they, at Transy University. Yeah, they do have a bit of... They have of our show the shower. on display there? No. <laughs> they have uh, little collected bits of meat from the shower flesh. Oh, my God. Yeah. Pretty strange. But while at Transy, Dick Man, Johnson this decided... This is all so close, too. Yeah. Yeah, because we are Central Kentucky boys here. So. Mm, yeah, Transylvania is like 15 minutes from here. <laughs> so Dick decided to set his sights toward becoming a man of the law. Oh, and a lawyer he did become after being admitted to the I'm, Kentucky bar. I tell you, I'm just a good old simple country lawyer. <laughs> I'm a Dick Mentor Johnson. <laughs> I picture him like an all-white so suit. <laughs> so now I'm picturing, is it um, McGonaghy or 
Uh, Harrison Ford yeah. did that line in once every one of those movies. No, I'm getting it mixed up. Uh, I'm just a simple country lawyer in one of those lawyer movies. One yeah. of the one of those guys did a rural lawyer. Movie. That's a time to kill. Okay, okay. Anyways, I, I was thinking of the show Matlock with Andy Griffith. He's oh, like okay. an elderly country uh-huh. lawyer, and he wears an all white suit. Yeah. Like, that's an older. <laughs> Who would ever choose to wear all white? Uh, Colonel Sanders. Yeah, well, same thing. (laughs) How do you you not get stains on them? You do. It's to be like, I'm so clean. It's like... I'm pure. Yeah, that's what it is. Pure mind. So, (laughs) Johnson... And I'm a virgin, too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Definitely can't be said about Dick Johnson. No, he was born getting pussy with a name like that. Johnson immediately set to work... um, which definitely helps when you have rich parents. And he opened a law office back at Great Crossing, uh, which Georgetown. He would also own a general store and pursue, just honestly throughout his life, he just was in constant pursuit of like several yes. business ventures, you know, quote unquote. He's one of those guys. Very sneaky, sneaky, not real sure what's going on exactly, but yeah. He did all of this with his brothers. Okay. Johnson, though, was held in an incredibly positive light in the community during this time because he would offer assistance to those who were too poor to pay if he felt that their cases were legitimate and they had, you know, the rightful cause. And so he would actually even open his home up to widows, orphans, disabled veterans, people like that. Now, um, before, though, you know, we start giving him heaping praise upon old Dick, um, we got to bring up the fact that the reason he went Back to Great Crossing was because his father outright gave him a full plantation, which was called Blue Springs Farm, and gave him, uh, I believe it was like 12 slaves. Damn. So, yeah. To get a sense, though, of just how powerful this family was in the area, the Johnsons, by 1792, Robert Johnson, Richard's father, had amassed 144,000 acres of land. Wow. And by 1812, he had at least 32 enslaved people, not counting the ones he had given to Richard. But, of course, you know, there's a lot of people who didn't like um, the Johnsons at all. And those people found a nice little quote about them that said the Johnsons, quote unquote, looked for power in every hole and corner in the state. Sounds like it. Yeah, it does. So in 1803, Richard wanted to follow in his father's footsteps. And after, you know, becoming a lawyer and all that stuff, he ran for political office. A seat in the U.S. House of Representatives. Oh, so he didn't even start local. He went full-time. Yeah, why? That was his first stop. What? Like, go bigger, go home. What? Homie. I mean, fuck, Why, dude. though? What gives him this inflated well, ego? Well, I'm glad you say this, because um, it didn't work for him. Okay. He did yeah. not win. Because, again, no one knew who he was outside of Georgetown. Mm-hmm. So, seeing that, you know, maybe he needs to back up just a little bit and work his way up. Mm-hmm. He ran for the Kentucky House there, of Representatives in 1804. And that proved to be a much more intelligent decision because that he did win. Started at the bottom. He became the state's first, quote-unquote, native Kentuckian to serve in the state's legislature. Oh, okay. Really? He was actually oh, born and yeah. signed up. Right. Well, no, technically, yeah. No. That'd be nitpicking. I was going to say, technically, he was born in Virginia, but that's just been an asshole. No, no, no. Well, we're talking the area that would become I, Kentucky. I, I, I he know. was born there where no one else would. Yeah. I'm just being facetious. <laughs> so, uh, although he was not quite 24 years old okay, when he well, took office, he was. I'll, I'll let him slide for losing his first. Well, he was so 24? popular. Yeah. He was not quite 24. He was 23. Um, he was so popular, though, that uh, no one had an issue with his age, even though their actual, the Kentucky Constitution, he was too young to take office. Mm-hmm. They just kind of turned a blind eye towards it because they loved him. Slide. One contemporary was quoted as saying, The desire of his fellow citizens that he should serve them caused a suppression of all inquiry as to the qualification of I don't of like age. that. I don't like that. This is going to end badly. <laughs> already t- Normally, I hate young people, but he's got so many slaves, he earned my <laughs> respect. I mean, seriously, he's younger than us, and he's got people yeah. and land. And yeah. Land. You're just like, dude, man. So his star continued to rise yeah. as a young man. He kept on going until 
He actually did eventually win a seat in the U.S. House of Representatives as a Democratic Republican. Dick Johnson mentor. <laughs> so Johnson was one of the kind of guys um, who sought to limit the power of federal courts. Uh, he can basically completely attached his policies onto the rising wave of policy. Just everyone was Thomas Jefferson people. So not only, though, did uh, Richard Johnson just fully support the politics of Thomas Jefferson, which, I mean, that was the wave. There was this huge wave of people uh, at that time, right around, like, 1800, mm-hmm. that were just solely Jeffersonian people, and they yeah. were all really young. It was the frontier, quote-unquote, mindset. Yeah. And it was even a point of time where, like, by the time that Richard Johnson took office of the U.S. House of Representatives, like, 50% of the House of Representatives were under 40 years of age. I bet he was like, my was name's kind of like his. <laughs> well, not only did he support Jefferson, he completely idolized him uh-huh. with a letter mm. written to President Jefferson. Oh. And I'm paraphrasing oh, this letter. Oh, 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 oh. Actually, Dalton, do you want to read it? I don't know. The more I know of your long and faithful services and the measures of your administration, the greater is my attachment to them and you. I feel in you a confidence and attachment which is indescribable and can never be excelled. You are and ever will live in the affections of your country. These impressions can only testify my own feelings and can add nothing to your happiness. I hope they will be received as evidence of a youthful attachment, which I hope will increase with my years. I love you. (laughs) That sounds like something Ben Shapiro would write. He didn't say I love love you. Be with me in the night. (laughs) But he did say attachment uh, at least, yeah. like, what, four times? Oh, my God. Yeah, so um, there's Man, that. Big simping for something. <laughs> <laughs> um, and here's an interesting little fact. I didn't really know exactly where to slip this into the life story and of Richard Jefferson's Johnson. like, I prefer my slaves. Thanks, <laughs> but... Uh. Well, that's... Yeah. So I don't really know where to fit this into the narrative, so I'm just going to say this here. He was um, gay. No, he was not, but, well, at least he may have been bi, but he wasn't gay. Okay. But just of interest kind of concerning the character of Dick Johnson, he thoroughly supported, like in a weird sense, the writer Thomas Paine. Okay, Common Sense. Yeah, the author of Common Sense. I came to bring the pain hardcore to the brain. (laughs) So he would often attend celebrations for Thomas Paine after Paine died. And would be like the keynote speaker at oh, these. This guy's such a things. star fucker. Jesus. And he actually made a visit to Thomas Paine in 1809, just weeks before Thomas Paine's death. Here's the thing about that, though. The thing that Richard Johnson and Thomas Paine, like the thing that they had in common, was their criticism of the church. Mm-hmm. And Dick Johnson would make it a point throughout his entire life to fight for the separation of church and state. Right. Like, this was like a hill that he was that ready was to die That was also a Jeffersonian on. thing, because he yeah, wrote his version of the Bible that had no... It was like the yeah. Bible as purely allegorical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, like, took all the supernatural stuff out of it. Well, it took all the, like, basically just... Being a Christian. Yeah, being a yeah. Christian, yeah. So, yeah, no, he, um, yeah, Dick Johnson was, but then also I saw things that Dick Johnson was a practicing Baptist, so. He's a confused man. Yeah. He really is. No, it's what, it's what shit should be, and all these, it'd be nice if people were like that nowadays, but we got Sure, but Thomas Paine took it to some great, to some levels by the time of his death where that's like all he was talking about was just like, screw the church! It's like, he got a little overboard. I know that, but the time we're in now, we're stepping toward theocracy, so it's kind of. Hmm. Well, Johnson sure. firmly placed himself on the side of fellow Kentuckian Henry Clay, uh, much more well-known uh-huh. and deservedly no. so. I know Richard Johnson. I don't know the Clay. <laughs> well, they were both, um, during their early years, a um, war hawk. And um, actually, in 1840, Richard Johnson would recall of a time, and I quote, 
The first time I remember taking off my coat to fight was with Henry Clay against the supporters of the alien and sedition laws. In argument, Mr. Clay wielded a battle axe while I only a tomahawk. Only. So, he's speaking well of Clay here, but oh, okay. remember that for later he's on. He's saying Clay carries a bigger stick than he does. Yes. Yeah. Remember that, though, for later on. Yeah, I only had a tomahawk in that fight. <laughs> so, the entire Johnson family were actual large supporters of Clay at this time. Um, Clay was slightly older than Dick, and they gave Clay like really big props mm-hmm. when he dueled a Federalist, Humphrey Marshall. Because Marshall, Marshall and another Federalist named John McKinley had both tried to duel Richard Johnson, but Richard just kind of gave... He took an oath. He gave, quote, a flimsy excuses and ran away to D.C. Because they were all in Kentucky at the time. And he ran away. It's a long way to run. <laughs> See well, ya. And, uh, yeah, Henry Clay was like, I'll take you on, Humphrey. And, yeah, shot him. But Henry McKinley... Clay. Had actually a street brawl even with Dick's brother James, the sickly one, who I think got better. Mm. But you yeah. know, there was a time. That reminds me, there was a time when I was in high school, and a guy wanted to fight me, mm-hmm. and I backed down, and then another guy like fought him in my place. <laughs> they said, "I will be your surrogate," and in that, uh, he was the Henry Clay, and I was the Richard Mentor Johnson. There you go. We weren't even friends. Well, yeah, yeah, these guys weren't I think really he just wanted to fight. Along with Clay, Johnson had the support of figures such as Thomas Jefferson, which, I mean, golly, if no. somebody's, like, professing your, their love for yeah, you... Sure, he's yeah, sure, he's fine. He's Thomas Jefferson's just like, yeah, I'll use him. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Stop he, riding me. He also had the support of John C. Calhoun. People oh, like that. Mm. Uh, soon, Johnson became the chairman of the Committee on Pension and Revolutionary, Revolutionary War Claims. And mm. use this, it's a very softball position, because oh, it's seriously yeah. just like, give people money yeah. for being a veteran of mm. the Revolutionary War. Mm-hmm. So he gained a huge amount of popularity just by doing his job here, uh, because he just properly gave out the correct funds. He did have one little political savvy move, where he um, was noted by some of his opponents, actually in praise, for not being biased because he went to bat for the widow of Alexander Hamilton, because she was not receiving any pension for Alexander Hamilton. And he was like, well, we need to correct this. She needs to get some money for her husband, you know, from her husband, because now he's dead and she can't support herself. I see that. I guess my question is... Here's the savvy nature of it. He knew that because it was all Republican-led... committee. Uh He knew that nobody else was going to give her any money because they were that petty. So he was just going to bat for her, but then knowing at the same time, all at the same time, just like laughing behind her back, just being like, (laughs) she ain't getting anything. But he's like, I can use this for my personal Uh, betterment. I get you there. I I guess my my thing was it's like, 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 I guess pension's not the same thing as life insurance, but if you die by duel... Doesn't that mean you're kind of forfeiting your... No, because... you're dying by but choice. But Alexander Hamilton... That's not the way it, it was. Because, like, if yeah, you he die by still, suicide, you don't get your life insurance. Basically, other people at the time who... It's not like suicide, though. Other people who, at the time who went through the same thing... Yeah, I mean, duels were seen as honorary things. Okay, I get you. And other people who went through the same kind of things, they those widows still got pensions. Okay. Because that was a huge thing, was that he fought for the widows. Understood, understood. As... as um. As Lin-Manuel Miranda said, leave a note for your next of kin. Tell them where you've been. Pray that hell or heaven lets you in. Um, it's a ten dual commandments. What? <laughs> Hamilton sucks, everybody. Don't watch Hamilton. So, um, I'm just going to... Will Smith's a better rapper. Skirt around it. Johnson was particularly... Um, noted here as well one of his biggest issues that he tackled his entire life was tackling in Dalton uh-huh. don't get offended oh god don't get offended he tackled the first bank of the United States no Dalton's a bank man I'm a bankman don't get offended that sounds much better than bank put that on my W bank, bank man bankman. bankman he's a bankman I'm not a bank man I'm a bankman he's a bankman 
To many Republicans, the bank represented, you know, like a dangerous consolidation of power by the federal government. Mm -hmm. And he found it to be unconstitutional, quote, saying, The people are Republican and they abhor all measures of a monarchy's tendency. And then they make the Fed. Oh, that's different, though. <laughs> I know, but... The more things change. Johnson was one of those guys that in, like, modern politics would be called a, quote-unquote, true patriot. Oh. So, yeah. QAnon. Maybe what you said. <laughs> he promoted uh, domestic goods exclusively. Like, Oh, su- my God. That is just... Yeah. He supported the Embargo Act, which just ruined the economy at the time because they weren't taking, like, any no, outside... No, tariffs goods. are good. Tariffs are good. <laughs> and yeah, he never trusted any foreign entities. Dick Johnson you mean once. Like China? No. China. <laughs> I don't need to do the Trump thing. That's played out. Yeah, we... I got to do a Biden impression. Hey, 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 man. <laughs> Is that Biden? Hey, man. Hey, man. Hey there, friend. I'm old as shit. <laughs> Dick Johnson. I fell downstairs. Once said about Canada <laughs> that Canada was quote unquote. Nothing more than a rogue's harbor. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's Canada the, is still part of the rural... They're yeah. not even independent at this point. No, right? they're just like British. Yeah, That's yeah. definitely the stereotype. Have is he s- thinking of Australia? No, now, having said that, though, he completely believed in Manifest Destiny, and he took it so far that he wanted all of Canada, the whole frontier that was Canada at this time, to be part of the U.S. of A. Oh, my God. He wanted Lord. all of North America to be the United States of Can America. Can you imagine? <laughs> right, we have 50 states as it is. God. Add in Canada... And all well, that, we can combine some of ours I mean, now. We can get it down to 45. Yeah, I was going to say, mm-hmm. if we had had Canada back then, Canada wouldn't be <laughs> nice like seven chunks or whatever it is now, no. where it's like large provinces. It would be like 50 more. Yeah, exactly. Right. It would be like fucking stupid, like how Kentucky is with counties. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine it's like <laughs> Canada made up of Rhode Islands? Yeah. Oh, no. Because <laughs> that's how, what the whole eastern seaboard and like uh-huh. around Toronto would be. The dream of Dick Johnson. And then, like, the Northern Territory would still just be, like, a giant thing. But Alaska would fucking go east to west on that cross. We don't oh, want yeah. this. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. So, Richard Mentor Johnson uh-huh. would stay a staple in the House of Representatives. Uh, a few times, he went unopposed. But in yeah. 1812, he would find out what it was like to gain true national notoriety. Oh, my God. The war. TMZ. <laughs> The War of 1812 broke out, and Dick Johnson was so excited... he's all about this, I'm sure. ...that he immediately returned to Kentucky and raised a troop of 300 men. He raised his own militia. Let's go. And he went northwest toward Canada. Wrong way! No, no. He went towards the... Yes. Yes. Northwest young man. (laughs) So, with these men, Dick... Basically rode around unprotected Native American villages and just slaughtering all along the way. What, they're not even British? Fuck you. Mm-hmm. After a while, uh, he just went back to D.C. to cast some votes on taxes and things like that. And then he got a lot of praise for killing a bunch of Native Americans. Because, you know, that's the American way. Well, if they're in Canada, they're indigenous people. Um, Are they? Are they well, I mean, they're in modern-day Illinois. Oh, okay. So you're not talking all the way to the north. No, he, he got just, he went across the Ohio River and started. Fighting. Well, I mean, the War of 1812. As far as like it was fought, the northern what is it you call when a, a war? Why am I blanking on that name? What is it you call what? Uh, the war when you like a, a section of a war, like the Pacific um, theater. 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 Yeah, okay, yeah. that's like the war I know least yeah. about. Anyway, so that's kind of. Like, I think that's the case for everybody. So in the War of eighteen twelve, the another one song they taught us in elementary mm-hmm. school, and I don't even remember most of it. Oh, that's who we need to interview: the world's foremost War of eighteen twelve scholar. That would be fun, actually. Yeah. I kind of want to know about it now because I know nothing that. about it. I it's honestly like, would have really enjoyed it. You know, that, the other wars just didn't do it for me. <laughs> 1812 really proved Well, my the Northern Theater was fought around, like, Michigan. Michigan uh, okay. was, like, the big... And then parts of Illinois, Indiana, um, those areas... Because those areas weren't part of the United States at that time. No. So, but then the Southern Theater was down sort of, like, New Orleans and... That's what the yeah. song talks about. Yeah. Right. Down River and, yeah. Yep. Yes. So, he um, decided, though, that he could get some more glory here. And he saw that General William Henry Harrison 
was... President. Yeah. Our most beloved president. By the way, the War of 1812, you guys act like this was a very, like, no one knows anything about it, and it's like, who cares? We just said we don't know anybody. I'm just saying. Comparatively. But it produced more politicians and more... It set the stage well, I mean, for the next... that's what Andrew Jackson got up with, yeah. It set the stage that's for true. the rest of the 1800s. Basically, In American yeah. history. Well, at least up until the Civil War, but yeah. I mean, at least up until... Yeah, basically up until Civil War. It set the stage from 1812 to 1864. Weird that we didn't have a lot of presidents that were, like, proud Vietnam vets. Well, it's because the one we just had was a draft dodger. And then, like, <laughs> the competition Allegedly. in 2004 was in it, and then, like, what? He was what, in it. What, John what, Kerry what tried. John Kerry. He was in it, and he protested <laughs> against it, like, yeah. very openly. That, and wasn't Bush, didn't he draft dodge too? He did. Or, yeah. See, they weren't very proud of the Vietnam War. I mean, no That's one. Did we have any? We realized it was stupid. No, I don't think so. Clinton no. was playing the sax. Yeah. And he didn't smoke weed. Uh, he tried. Was, no, everybody else was too old. Yeah. We didn't have any. No. no Viet- that's fucking weird. Yeah. Do we have any in the Korean War either? Of course, that's the Forgotten uh, War for a reason. But... No. No. So, William Henry Harrison was holed up around what's modern-day Fort Wayne, Indiana. Mm-hmm. And um, Dick Johnson put forth a plan that essentially consisted of taking a boat down the Ohio and its tributaries and kill as many Native Americans as they can and then just come back to Louisville. His plan actually um, was actually the plan that the United States basically used to fight Native Americans up until like the 1880s. Yeah. Basically just raid, 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 and do it. The key, though, to his plan was to do it during the winter. That was the key. Man, that's just even shittier. I mean, I, it's just strategically raid raid it makes raid. sense, but it's just like the Soviet being approach. an asshole. So, yeah, you just constantly raid. That's un- like the least. I mean, unattended. <laughs> yeah, so you just constantly raid just like unattended Native American villages, um, like as far as their, their military, and then just kill a bunch of people. So then they attract their military back to their villages, and then you sh- like keep them busy, basically. Mm-hmm. And their military, as you said, is basically their right. population. Because right. even the women like went out and fucked with people. It's yeah. like, so it's just like. And they're very good at. Um, Something that's kind of going on in Israel and Palestine. We don't need to get that. But, <laughs> yeah. like, if if one of yours dies, then you're justified at launching this just balls-to-the-wall, uh-huh. kill-everything-in-sight, retaliatory mm-hmm. response. Yes. Which happened here with yes. Dick Johnson, actually. Big Dick Johnson. Uh, Johnson made it back to Kentucky. Uh, he raised 1,000 men this time and took off to find old Henry Harrison. And Dick Johnson knew nothing of actual warfare. Nothing at all. Even though okay. he did come up with a plan that the U.S. used for years, but I mean, that's generations. Just basically rich kid history yeah. throughout uh, all of yeah. like the... But he spent his days, he made a big deal about how he was like, I'm reading up on the arts of war, everyone. Sun Tzu. I'm, co- I'm coming, <laughs> I got this. And uh, he actually even wrote to Thomas Jefferson saying, "You do you know of any good war books to read? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, I mean, even Sun Tzu was like, no. Dude. Sieges are bad. I, like, he, he was like, I work with there's a guy, horrible shit, and then there's like... Yeah. I work with a guy. We Every month there's like an employee spotlight. This is relevant, by the way. Okay. And he, they ask you, like, what are your favorite books? He said one of his favorite books was The Art of War. That's an odd pick. Is it really? No. Whenever somebody asks you your favorite, you answer in the, how you want to be it's like, perceived. What is he? Yeah. It's is okay. he General Patton? Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, there are people like that, too. It's okay to say Lao Tzu, but Sun Tzu, you're like, no. I don't believe this yeah. is your favorite, dude. Just admit, your favorite is The Fault in Our Stars. That's your favorite <laughs> fucking book, dude. Not yeah, the at least say war. some lame-ass World War II thing. Don't just... Come out with, yeah. So, um, at this point, I'm going to skip around here because the particulars of the war would just take way too long to get into. Um, but Dick managed to have his glory. <laughs> yeah. Dick managed to have his glory. On October 5th, 1813, Johnson had been ordered basically all over the place. He was just kind of skirted around because they didn't trust him. Because, again, he knew nothing of actual warfare. So yeah. they just were like, yeah, go over here, go over here. Eventually, they actually even just told him to go, I think, go and help, like, down in the southern part. Like, go all the way down to, like, Mississippi area or something. Just and he just stopped. 
He just stopped in Great Crossing and just stayed there for a while. They found him at home, like a journalist. And like, aren't you supposed to be somewhere else? And he's like, uh, I'm getting there. Don't worry. Don't worry. So then, though, he's conveniently still up north for whenever they actually were like, we need some backups. And I should I just really quickly, um, there was a some sort of massacre on the River Raisin that River involved a Raisin. bunch of Kentuckians. The river was named Raisin. Yeah. The River Raisin. It was a bunch of Kentuckians that died. <laughs> That's so, not normal. You anyways, past move past it, guys. Oh. So, he got up to Michigan to help Henry Harrison. And they were closing in on British General Henry Proctor, uh, whose tactics were noted, of course, uh, by these guys. So, is it really true? I'm not sure. But his Did tactics- he make a gamble? Yeah, uh, I was trying to think of how to do that. <laughs> so his <laughs> tactics were noted as being particularly harsh. Okay, oh, and, compared to them. Yeah, and um, they were also closing in on the Shawnee chief, Tecumseh. Mm-hmm. So in what would be known as the Battle of the Thames, Johnson, along he took one of his slaves and his 1,000 men, were eager... And he just begged William Henry Harrison saying, let us first people at him. Let's be the front line. Let me at him. I I went in on this. So before the battle broke out, 70-year-old Revolutionary War hero, Colonel William Whitley, Whitley County in Kentucky is named after him. You can go to William Whitley's house. Keep that drumbeat going for me, Dalton. He announced... Let our watchword this day be victory or death. He was immediately shot dead. Oh. (laughs) This reminds me of the revolution. This shall be the second part of our... Revolution. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just picturing, man. I feel like being shot by bone powder is a whole lot different than being shot yes, by. I would imagine. Yes. Being shot by a modern, even like. And you know they were trotting this old fuck out to be like he's yeah. an inspiration. Well, because he's yeah, at this time even the current governor of Kentucky, Isaac Shelby, was up in Michigan because they were all uh, wanting to avenge their fallen brethren from the massacre, and because of this, their battle. Uh, charge was cry. yes. Remember the raisin. That's, ex- that's amazing. <laughs> and then someone puts on a California raisins. Yes. Having this whole fuck. It's when they. Used, it's like when they used to trot out mm-hmm. Dick Clark to do the New Year's thing when he was like ninety five. <laughs> yeah. You're just going off the memories yes. at this point. Yeah. Holding that's that nostalgia, and getting, yeah. getting the heartstrings and everything. So it happens, man. As legend has it, Johnson ordered all of his men to go on foot through a swamp to get to Tecumseh, while uh, he had other... That's even worse than... Yeah. yeah. He had other men going towards Proctor. Proctor was leading a much smaller force than Tecumseh. So his force was going towards Tecumseh on foot through a swamp, except for Johnson himself, who was riding all alone on his majestic white charger. Through a swamp, so it's covered Through in mud. The <laughs> then he was shot more than once, Johnson, and then he got a glimpse of Tecumseh himself. Johnson spurred his horse forward, where it then tripped headfirst immediately. No. Right over a root. Getting to his feet, Tecumseh shot Johnson in the wrist, then drew his tomahawk because he didn't have time to reload. But Johnson was already loaded, ready to go. Hell yeah. Shot Tecumseh in the chest and killed him. The great Shawnee chief. Hell yeah. Richard Johnson was claimed to have been shot 25 times. Oh my. And five of which caused injuries. They found 25, like, casings in his jacket. You got that much lead in you, buddy. You're going to get lead poisoned. (laughs) (laughs) Also, his horse definitely died. Because it was just riddled with bullets. Again, it's the only horse on the field. Also, it's sad. Like I know who you're talking about with Tecumseh, and he died like that. But I don't know about Johnson and like until yeah, you know what I'm saying until right, like, right. Well, after his uh, heroics, he <laughs> serenely passed out on the field of battle, <sighs> and then he was carried away to recover. He actually did live with like a. Um, he kind of had like a weird wrist. 
the rest of his life. I'm not real sure. They didn't really exactly explain. Like, he just kind of, he had a lot of wrist issues. And then he also kind of had a slight limp, but nothing, like, major. Mm. Now, it's, he was faced with a lot of doubters right from the get-go. Because, um, at least, like, half the men in this fight claim to have killed Tecumseh. (laughs) Including Richard Johnson. Actually, one person said that William Whitley killed him. Even though he got got shot. shot (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, in response (laughs) to this, Dick Johnson replied, Fuck you! Kind of. He replied, I didn't stop to ask him his name. Oh, he said, they hate us because they ain't us. (laughs) He also didn't stop to use this for his political advantage for the rest of his life. Really? And back in Lexington, Dick Johnson was given 25 separate toasts in his honor at a celebration Thank you, thank you, thank you. So people were... And (laughs) another! Wasted! There's one more round for Dick. It's not like they're doing shots off each toast, but I guess... They are drinking after each toast. And you know Dick Johnson's the kind of guy who's just like... He gulps it down, (laughs) So it's at this time that I should note um, romance. As it pertains to Dick Mentor Johnson. Thomas Jefferson. Yeah, other than that one. (laughs) He was pining. He's attacked. He already said he raised a bunch of men. uh, How'd he raise them? (laughs) (laughs) So the story goes that at a young age, Dick Johnson loved a woman of a low standing. Uh, some say a school teacher, some say a seamstress. I love her despite her lack of knowledge of Sun Tzu's writings. <laughs> he had no knowledge of either. He just had a copy of it. Just, yeah. So this was back in Kentucky. His mother, wanting Jemima, Wanting more for him, rebuked the marriage completely and forbade him from marrying this woman. I hate being rebuked. So, Dick took the natural route of rebelling. He never took a bride. He said, screw you, mom. I'm asexual now. Never took a bride. True rebellion. Well, never took a bride. Legally. Uh Uh-oh. Not only did he never marry... He's a player. The longest... Well, he definitely was a player. Yeah. Actually, let me get oh, one... Oh, that's awesome. So one quote about Richard Johnson from a newspaper was, Colonel Johnson is entitled to as much credit for this astonishing increase of population in the western states as General Jackson. So they're making kind of a tongue-in-cheek, like General Jackson, because a lot of people just came to the west because Andrew Jackson like was the frontier hero. Richard Johnson just populated the West because so he was the he was the Genghis Khan of yes yes the frontier. So he um so like they said that in a newspaper. Yes, a newspaper printed that. Okay, <laughs> yeah, they're uh, dumb. Man. Really, uh, I've got some good newspaper quotes coming for you guys. All right. So Johnson, like I said, never took a bride legally. He did have a common law marriage. With an enslaved woman Are named you fucking kidding me? My Julia God. Ch- Julia Ann Chin. Dude, how hard are you going to ride Jefferson's dick? Yeah. Oh, my God. Seriously, mentor, mentor. Type of deal. I mean, he was taking his name seriously. Julia was actually only an eighth um, black. So, but Eighth? Yeah, she's an eighth. So, like, she actually still appeared more white. Basically, was white at that. I mean, I'm not trying right. to be an asshole. No, but I'm no, like, and that's what I'm trying to be delicate here because I'm not like, sure exactly um, the right way the, uh, to go about this. Who's the one that married uh, the, uh, Meghan Markle? Kind of. You sure, know, the yeah. royalty is. But like, the queen we was can't like, have a black right. Woman. Yeah, yeah that's the how the Kentucky. Shit over. That's how not just Kentucky, but the entire just. And that's the stupid yeah, shit out of all of it. Because a thousand years from now, we're all going to be the same color anyway. Fuck them and just be done. Pink. We're looking like Kirby. That's my goal. Uh, you're pulling some Wally stuff. No, that's chairs. No, that's um, the time machine. The time machine. He actually goes into the future, and everyone's pink. They're pink people. Oh, pink people. HG. Okay, yeah. I would not. Yeah, I get you. Not HG. No, just the shitty movie. Well, no, the book. It is in the book. Yes. Oh, I thought it was just a stupid thing. It's been a while since there's I've a read book. It, time so machine. I know it's a book. I just yeah. didn't know that was accurate. Anyways, Julia was um, not legally allowed to be married, but was legally allowed to be a slave. Great system yeah. we had here, working here, guys. We didn't have a system. It was all by ear, basically, anyway. It was all trash. Yeah. It was all complete trash. 
So And we still trying to run off of it two hundred years later. <laughs> so you know, I'm a traditionalist. Please um not in this put your dick back in your pants. <laughs> what? <laughs> so put Johnson your Johnson back into your mentor. <laughs> <laughs> So Johnson was very public, though, about his relationship with Julia. Of course. And he made Julia the manager of his plantation, which saw 12 12 Uh. owned people by 1810 and 72 by 1820 at Blue Springs Farm. She's like the Candace Owens of her time. So Julia would eventually host the likes of Presidents Madison and Jackson, as well as Marquis de Lafayette. Mm. Julia was literate, unlike most enslaved people. Or most Americans at that time. Or most Americans at that time. And she made sure that her... women that would talk to Richard Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) And she made sure that her children, uh, which were both from Richard's loins, (laughs) named Imogene and... Adeline, that she made sure that they were literate as well. And um, none of this went over well politically. It became more and more of an issue as the years were on, basically as his star rose nationally. And this was used against him by opponents and would... Actually, the eventual Democrats that he identified with held complete hatred for him over it. And one historian described Johnson... Okay, actually, before I get into these couple quotes I have next. I want to apologize for what I'm about to say, because these two, um, I don't like these quotes, but I feel like I have to read at least a couple of quotes to get across how hateful they were. No, you gotta be accurate about shit. TMZ was still around back in the day, and if their views were a little <laughs> bit different. Were, I got um, a good feeling about these. Okay. I'm gonna preemptively endorse them. Please do not. Go ahead. Just don't it. Don't it. Don't, don't it. One historian described Johnson as, quote, that Ethiop-loving demagogue. I want to retract my endorsement. Thank you. Wait, wasn't Ethiopia, like, the one co- place in Africa where they, like, the Europeans didn't conquer because they were like, fuck y'all, we live in the mountains. We'll shoot you as you come up. Um, I'm pretty sure Ethiopia is the only place that I mean, stayed it's independent. It's not on the western coast. That's definitely one that racist yeah, people still, like to bring up no, for some reason. Yes, like, it is. Ethiopian I think it's because it's brought up in the Bible. So, a newspaper, while praising Dick's capacity for love, Dick's regretted for love. that it was... your episode title. <laughs> they regretted that it was wasted on this, and I quote, sausage-lipped Julia, oh, fuck, dude. rather oh. than a proper object. So not only is it racist, it's, it's completely sexist, sexist too. Proper, oh, is it, fuck, dude, he's not. That was the, a newspaper. He's not with the fucking flesh, like Jesus, fuck, <laughs> dude. Yes, this, uh, like I said, the, those were the only two quotes. I'm not going to get into anymore. There are so many more that you uh, find now about I'm just this. Thinking, what if there was a vice president who was openly in a relationship with a flashlight? <laughs> I mean, in, <laughs> in 50 years, there's somebody going to be with a sex doll. If Mike Pence uh, is just like, I have divorced my wife. No, nah, he's just got that bunny here. Rabbit, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, the issue, according to many, the, you know, quote unquote issue, yeah. was. They're very, you know, factual mm, and yeah. logical about Oh, this. yeah. Sarcasm was mostly that Johnson treated them as equals in their society. Yeah. So this very is something equal. Yeah, I will I got to this is so He's a very progressive guy. Very very progressive. He's like once you're owner. free you're equal. It's just but once you're not free it's just like you're Yeah. Saying, dude, it's dude, such a Do you not see That's a common thing. It's time. very common. But he took it he did take it further than like Jefferson oh, yeah. or in most of his contemporaries, basically any of his contemporaries, because he was just outright like, this is my lady, and you can screw off if you don't like it. He supposedly loved her. Hell of a lot of lust. That's more what that is. Mm, potentially, yes. One story, though, has it that while Johnson was delivering a 4th of July address in Kentucky, his wife and children were actually forcibly removed as he was speaking from the pavilion that they sat in. 
Nice. So Johnson, noticing this mid-speech, just stormed off the stage, grabbed his family, and he left a stunned crowd behind him. Good on him for that, then. Yeah. Julia, unfortunately, passed away during a cholera epidemic in 1833. And some confusion comes into play after this with Richard Johnson, because he reportedly began a relationship with a Patience Chin, same last name as Julia, Mm. and she eventually ran away with a Native American man. Uh That's not good for him. Dick had her brought back forcibly and then sold her. I'll show you. Yeah, and then after that, he began seeing... I'm about to lose my patience with you. Oh! And that was harsh. Oh, shit. I mean, that was kind of a punishment back in the day, because that's where the term sold down the river comes yeah. from. Because they're like, we yes. treat you okay in Kentucky. Right. We'll send you south, and it's going to be ten times worse. And it's like, man, yeah. that's just been an asshole. Yes. And then he, uh, started, he started a quote-unquote relationship then with her sister, Lucy. Oh, my Lord. This okay, yeah, this is, definitely, this is definitely lust, not luck type of deal. Yeah. He's just got him a taste, and he's yeah. fucking weird in it. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get back, yeah. though, to Richard Johnson in Congress. Gotcha. So in Congress, Richard Johnson was noted for looking out for the pensions and payments of widows and orphans, still again, even after the war. Uh, Dick was also noted for making some of, quote-unquote, the worst appointments in the state. And by the state, I mean the country. Johnson authored a bill that would make a set salary of $1,500 a year for Congress members at the same time frame. That's way too much by today's standards. Yes. I was going to say, I don't even need to do the calculation on that. Fuck that. No. Like, and Richard and his brother James, again, the sickly one, who got his spurs from being in a bed while watching Native Americans die. Get your spurs. Were both involved in various scandals involving misappropriation of oh, funds. Oh, weird. The most notorious and damaging for the entire Johnson family, although really damaging is a really... Um, it's really overstatement considering the ultimate what you know eventually happens. Yeah. Damaging in terms of the newspaper, damaging not in terms of actual shit going on. Yeah. So this is not a new phenomenon, people. No. No, shit's been the same way oh, for a thousand years. We'll like, get to that in our next part. Okay. But like stuff just doesn't stick to you. Most people no. don't know George Washington before he was our first president was a serial rapist. What? Stuff doesn't stick to you. I don't think that's true. That's because you weren't taught that in school. He chopped down the apple tree. He chopped down an apple tree. <laughs> that was bullshit too, wasn't it? Yeah. Hush now. <laughs> so so, so well, we got to start a fight with Isaac in the middle of all this. So the most damaging thing that happened here to the Johnson family was the fact that James actually was, he was also a member of Congress at the time. Mm. He was appointed, the whole Johnson family were all just, they were seething. Is he still They're House Representative? Not to be picky, you, you keep saying Congress. Is he still a House. Representative House? House yeah. So they're both in the House at this time? Um, Richard would eventually be in Senate. Okay, I was going to, because you yeah, said... Richard moved up to Senate. Okay, because you were like, they're both in Congress. Like, I was like, shit, they're both seats in the Dude, Congress. he seriously kinda... did have the career of LBJ, except he was not President. Yeah. So... But yeah, I picture James. these Johnsons. Well, LBJ was only president because he was vice president, so he basically had the same career. He won, minus he the, won one of the biggest landslide elections ever. That's oh, yeah, true. shit. Yeah, I'm, did, did read, I'm not going to fuck around with this LBJ bullshit. All right, I'm not going to stand for. So that. let me get this notorious. <laughs> you like that dude that fucked his deck out on the table? I do. Let man. me get this factoid out. Okay. <laughs> so the damaging misappropriation of funds that happened was that James Johnson had been charged to make steamboats for John C. Calhoun, who was Secretary of War at the time. And this was an effort for from Calhoun to help fortify the Yellowstone River. So Calhoun was had some foresight here in that he wanted to actually fortify the Yellowstone and Missouri River where they confluenced way up north. In, like, the Dakota territories. Were we that far west of the... Uh, this is, is 1819. Okay. But th- okay. this is what I'm saying. A lot of foresight here from Calhoun on his... On Louis, this. Louis is in a person who's 1815. So, James Johnson charged an extra, an extra $76,000 in 1819 Jeez. to Congress oh, to dude. make these steamboats. Then... None of these steamboats made it further than St. Louis. Huh. And they're trying to get up to the Dakotas. 
Is that even deep enough? And only two of these boats actually even made it to St. Louis. And there was like four or six boats made. For 78000 back then? Holy motherfuck. So the Johnsons were ordered to repay the funds. And eventually, Uh, after the tabloids found out about this. Basically, it was a huge cover-up, honestly. Jesus. And um, because Calhoun was like a supporter, you know, of the Johnsons. Opioid shit now, man. Fuck, dude. Yeah. So they were ordered to repay the funds. And basically, from here on out, the Johnsons were looking for any sort of, even more so looking for any scheme that would get them out of it. Actually, no, that's more like black. if Eric Prince had to replay Blackwater shit for that. Oh, my God. That would be more topical. Richard Johnson decided that he needed to attach his star onto mm. one that shone a little brighter than himself or even that of Henry Clay at the time. Who can shine brighter than that? He became the first and by far most outspoken supporter of soon-to-be president Prince. Andrew uh, Jackson. Oh, oh fucking oh my Shine god. Shine bright like a diamond. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where we will the leave Andrew things. Andrew Jackson theme. <laughs> we will leave things here for next uh, week when we see... God damn it. ...the rise <sighs> of Richard Mentor, the great Johnson. Bum, bum, bum. And see yeah. you guys... Have a good one. Hey, hey, follow us on that Instagram thing. Follow us on Instagram, Rivers and Fab. We're on John there. John Goodman Pod. We're watching uh, something. See ya. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Bye, everybody.